online and, you know, buy a thousand likes. I'm making a real impact. Let me play my part. Check two, eight. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. Do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. Girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to create change. Well, that's a tricky thing. Me. Like, I want to obviously get back to the curriculum as well. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned early, and I don't want to forget um, the balancing act between promotion and programming. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm trying to do both. Like, like reach out and uh, you know get this podcast heard and get survivors to know that they're not alone and that you know in the right situation it's okay to talk about it and mm-hmm. things like that. And and for them to reach out and get help rather than feel completely hopeless and stuff. But um, it's it's tough to balance the money and think you know if 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 I was spending more on promotion the outreach would go further, yeah. but then people look at the the numbers at the end of the year and like oh this nonprofit is buying all these Facebook and Instagram ads what are, where's my money going well mm-hmm. that's how we get heard yeah you know so that is the outreach to some degree but it's it can be hard to explain that especially if someone comes up and they're like oh, okay why should I donate fifty dollars and where's the money going to go mm-hmm. um, it's just it's tricky to answer those it's going questions. to try to raise 50 more dollars pretty much yeah like that's well kind of if the, i was the circle that kind yeah. of you get caught in sometimes bill right? and melinda like, gates have gotten in trouble for that um because they invest obviously they have a different scale of funds available but they oh, yeah. invest it in some companies that people would be like hey wait a minute you're investing for maximum return we get that but these are some companies that maybe aren't doing the best things in the world so are you creating more of the problems you're trying to fight i don't envy their position mm-hmm. you know yeah, no, and that's and that's honestly that's that's something that I deal with too. So as a as a solopreneur, hashtag solopreneur life, right? Like <laughs> I only have, I mean, it's just me, right? I have a couple of friends who you know I, I pay in beer and pizza, that uh, you know that that yeah. help me out out of the goodness of their hearts. You know, uh, shout out Alex, my buddy who uh, is with me most uh, a lot of times at, at the big uh, pride events and stuff, help me out. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's always you know a balance of, of where to spend your time, and so I mean. In today's day and age, everything is like social, you know, driven and how many Instagram followers do you have and, you know, building, um, you know, and that's, I don't know, probably to, to some detriment anyway, like I honestly really haven't spent a whole lot of time sort of promoting what I do, which is why I don't do this kind of thing very often. Right. You know, I'm always, I'm always, I guess in a way. I guess I'm I'm in the position of those people that I was just telling you about that anytime they get the opportunity, you know, they're always going to be talking about their mission or they're yeah. always going to be, you know, so and because the kind of content that I create is based on the person that I'm talking to, right? It's like I always want to focus it on them and try to like elevate their voice and their message and their passion, right? Um I don't do a lot of like self-promotion, which um you know, there are all kinds of people that you know, tell you that, well, you know, it's 2019, like you need to be like out there. Like, as a matter of fact, um, I actually just started working, uh, (laughs) uh, a good friend of mine, 
um, and uh, and her friends. So she actually does does branding, um, like like personal branding. Like she's she's a branding coach, um, and she helps people sort of like create and you know elevate their personal brand, which yeah. I haven't really had a whole lot of. It's it's really been about my company, the business side, Podletter Podcasting, and the nonprofit one, uh, Nonpod, the nonprofit podcast community. Um, this whole Ryan Garza podcasting thing sort of like evolved out of them like sitting me down and essentially like dishing out a little tough love and having a little intervention and saying like <laughs> you need to make this about you and I'm like that's just not how I am. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I eventually finally came around um, at least some enough to get him off my back for a little while. But um, but yeah, it's it's something I guess I'm I'm kind of old school. I've been doing this for for a while. I mean, um, I, I think. I, th- I think that's sort of a question like anybody who does like a podcast or any kind of project, you know, like this, you know, has to ask themselves it's like, okay, how much time do I want to spend doing the thing? And how much do I want to spend like promoting the thing? Totally. And I think I, I decided early on just, just, you know, just for my own, um, you know, and whatever people decide is, is based, you know, on, on whatever uh, their own goals are and, and, and whatever is they want to do personally. But, but to me, like I decided to just focus on, on the content, right? Like uh, it's, it's kind of the old school that doesn't really work anymore. It's kind of the old school sort of like philosophy that if you build it, they will come kind of thing. Yeah. I'm just figuring that out now. I'm, I'm like, Oh, we've got the album out. We've got the documentary and I'm starting the podcast and then people go, how are you going to promote it? And I'm like, give me, <laughs> give me a minute. Yeah. I just figured out how to get Apple to approve this. Thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. just give me 10 minutes to figure this out. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know that answer either. That was going to be one of the things I asked you is mm-hmm. what's your listenership? Mm-hmm. Are you happy with it? Are you excited or surprised? Is it lower than you expected? And, and how did you get it? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy with where things are. I mean, considering, uh, I didn't, I haven't really had any sort of like concerted promotional campaign really mm-hmm. um, at any time. So what's really cool about about my audience, you know, like I said, it's not, you know, as huge as I'd like it to be someday. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's all very um, organic. I mean, you know, every single person listening, every subscriber I have, like every email subscription that I get, I mean, these are all people – Uh, I mean, most of the time who I've like connected with personally uh, on some level Mm -hmm. or they've been impacted personally by like an interview that I did by, you know, episode that did so. Um, And like, I don't know, to me, uh, like I feel like, I don't know, I always felt like I wanted to get sort of like a a good base, like a good strong base of, of, uh, of groundswell sort of like community uh, grassroots organic support. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I can always build from there. I think, uh, you know, what, what happens a lot is, you know, yeah, you can go online and, you know, buy a thousand likes from, you know, Kerplunkistan somewhere. And you know what I mean? Someone will, there'll be click farms somewhere and some, you know, there you go. You've got a thousand followers on Instagram. Well, yeah, bots and whatever. Human bots. Yeah. (laughs) They're paid by the click. Yeah. You've got a thousand, you know, followers now, uh, on, you know, but they're, but they're bots on, you know, on Twitter or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, that looks great. And maybe you can like use that to catapult you to something else. Um, but to me, just sort of like the way I do everything and just sort of like the way I, I, I'm just wired, you know, it's just like, uh, what really motivates me, like what, what wakes me up, what gets me going, what drives me, um, what makes me passionate, um, and wanting, uh, to, to do the work that I do is knowing that like, I'm, I'm making a real impact and that I'm, I'm connecting with people in a real, like authentic way, which, I feel really is like, is, is the value that I bring 
in this day and age where um, everything is all about clicks and likes and, you know, followers and retweets and whatever. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm like I'm creating um, an, an authentic um, connection and impacting people in, in a real way. And that's and that's what keeps me going, regardless of whether I've got 100,000 Instagram, yeah. whatever. You know, <laughs> I'll get there eventually now that I'm getting my uh, my personal branding game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> sorted well, out. It's only going to yeah. help that you took this genuine approach. Mm-hmm. You know, that's only going to work in your favor. Do you track like website hits? Do you track downloads? Do you track what? What do you look for? Do you have any metrics for watching your viewers, your listenership grow? Yeah. So I mean, so part part of the reason that I haven't really spent a whole lot of time, uh, you know, doing promotion, is because for the first, you know, really the first two three years, um, like I wasn't working with anybody. Like I was literally, I was so, I was a DJ for a long time. I was an electronic mm-hmm. DJ for a long time. And that's kind of where the intersection of like audio and technology kind of geekery kind of happened. Um, and you know, I discovered podcasting, you know, a long time ago, but it was, it was about, <clears throat> uh, it was about seven, seven, eight years ago that I started thinking like, wow, like this is pretty cool. And I could probably like turn this into a career if I just kind of learned how to do this. And so, uh, like the first couple of years, like you're discovering as a new podcaster here. W- week one right here. I'm <laughs> going to po- post our this, second this episode e- tonight. Nice. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, we, we launched last Saturday. Awesome. So every Saturday, Congrats. Kelly Nicole Foundation amplified the sound of survivors. Very cool. Yeah. And so uh, as, as you're figuring out, there is a crap ton to know, right? I mean, there's like, I mean, you will never I mean, sort of like where you where you kind of have what I what I realized where I kind of had to focus is like especially with podcasting being like the hottest thing since pancakes and anyone can get in there's no barrier to entry yes which is also what I love about it um and not only can anyone get in like everyone is getting in right which means that there's every two weeks there's a new platform there's a new flash in the plan pan there's a new uh you know some big corp, you know, Warner Brothers like bought SoundCloud and pushed it for like, you know, a couple Jeez. years really hard. And it was like, you know, it's, I mean, um, every, you know, depending on which way you look, I mean, some, there's some big push and, you know, some new platform and some, everything is right. And if you're just getting into it at that time, you're like, okay, well, oh, uh, you know, uh, Podcast-O-Matic is like the, the new thing because maybe it just got bought by, you know, the company that owns whatever, and then now they're pushing it. Okay, well, that's that. That's what you do. Well, not necessarily, right? They're, It'll change in six months. Yeah, yeah Whatever you know? the hot thing is. And just, yeah, and just, but just like any discipline, just like any art form, just like anything, um, you know, there are certain fundamentals and there are certain things that stay the same and stand the test of time. Um, like uh, like the RSS feed, like that is that is a part of podcasting. It always has been and like always will be. So like sort of like learning about that and sort of like learning about, um, you know, gear and, you know, like I was, like I said, I was a DJ. I wasn't like, I wasn't doing a lot of like recording or audio recording or, um, but now I do the entire process. So now I do the recording, like, I, like I did with you on location. Right. So it's figuring out how to do that, the gear, the rig, which I think we want to touch on a little bit later too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then taking that audio, like, you know, figuring out how to do the editing, you know, in a way that, you know, I can, I can bang one out and not be there for a week editing like you would, you know, and then yeah. mixing and mastering and publishing and, you know, all that stuff. Like that just took me a couple of years to just figure out really all of that, you know, <laughs> and, you know, trying a few different things. I mean, I have my own, uh, like website. We're talking about like when we're talking about the RSS feed, um, I own all of my own feeds. Right. So, um, oh, getting... you don't go through like Squarespace or whoever. Nope. Nope. I, I own and create all of my own feeds. Um, but so I do, so you're asking about metrics. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. So I, 
I'm a podcaster. I'll talk in circles, but I, I tend no, to get back to I where I started. There's a lot of people who want to learn about this because yeah. it is a, it's such a great outlet. It's a creative outlet that's free mm-hmm. that touches the entire world. So I bet there's people like, ah, I got something to say. Yeah. I you, wonder if it's too technical. It's really not. Honestly, if I can do it, anyone can do it. That's hey, that that's what I always say too, you know. Well, and if, you have more experience. Well, and I didn't to begin with, but you well, know. There you go. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, there, there are a lot of different ways to do it. There, there are a lot of, uh, depending on what your goals are, there, there are a lot of different tools you can use. Um, and there's, you know, really no kind of wrong way. And I mean, we could talk for a whole another hour about just that, but, um, but so for example, like I, I host all of my, my actual MP3 files. I host them with, um, a hosting provider. So like Libsyn, which pretty much, you know, everybody uses now, um, so I actually, I, I create and, and host my own feeds. So I have my own feeds, which means that I own the feed forever. Uh, but the actual podcast audio files, the actual MP3s, they actually sit on someone else's cloud, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when when you go, Teresa, to Nonpod, you know, and you download or stream my latest episode, it's actually not coming from my servers and from my cloud. It's actually coming from Libsyn, right? So they actually serve the, the media. Um, and they have uh, statistics, um, that they, you know, they have all of their breakdowns about demographics and, you know, who listened today and when and how and whatever. Um, oh, so you get your analytics from your host. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we oh, get, that's cool. Yep. I also use uh Google analytics, which that's a whole nother thing. I mean, you can, you know, take a whole masterclass in Google, Google analytics too. So I haven't figured out yet how Squarespace does that, but I mean, it, I don't have an audience. I begged my mom to listen to the first episode. Yeah. Gave moms her are my good headphones that. that should be on that stand right there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep. So I think I have a listenership of one. Hey, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> start with your family. I'll listen to this episode. Thank you. <laughs> when it comes appreciate out, that. So. Well, they're Maybe intense. My, probably my mom too. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're, the episodes are intense. Um, for people who are coming to this because they know Ryan mm-hmm. um, and you haven't listened to an episode of Amplified the Sound of Survivors, do you mind if I do a 10-second plug? Go for it. Yeah, um, I'll, get, I'll get a sip of water here. Go for it, man. Um, yeah, thanks. So the background of, of – I hadn't thought to do this, but I guess it makes sense since we're cross-promoting here. You have to open this that. This the schmancy bottle over here. Well, I'm just super <laughs> hyper about – a lot of this gear is – Kel touched it and her album Hate Becoming segueing here. Um, which is Changing Lives All Over the World, which is her masterpiece that she listened to for the first time the day before she passed. Um, traveled through a lot of what you see on this table in front of me. It went through this. Um, it went through those speakers over your right shoulder. Those are our urns. It went through a lot of this stuff. It went through that, a monitor controller. So, like, anything that, like, her life's work went through, right, the sound waves and everything and the electricity, wow. I'm like, no water. <laughs> no water oh, nearby. Wow. This tower I put together with a friend, so that I'm not nice. so upset about. That would just be money. Mm-hmm. Money you can get more of. Memories, th- those aren't cheap. Those yeah. those are uh, invaluable, you know. So Absolutely. we talked to, I'll do just a quick plug. We talked to survivors of uh, trauma. We talked to people with eating disorders. We talked to psychologists, uh, clinicians, therapists, counselors. Um, I'm trying to get some EMTs and different people on the program and just different people who see the different darker sides of life and have to Can I interject real quick, actually? So getting back to to DAP, um, they actually have like three and a half or kind of like a 3.1 sort of uh, number of programs. So what they've also uh, realized over the years is that the practitioners themselves, so the people who who actually like live every day and live and breathe this work, um, they are actually affected by by what they see, like totally. by, by working with, and they're sort of like, we talk about how children, how the witnesses are often sort of like the forgotten part of, of the actual violence, right? They might actually, 
be the direct victim of, of abuse, but they're affected, um, you know, in, in some really significant ways, even if they're not the, the person who's actually being physically abused and how they, they kind of get forgotten and left out of the picture, who gets really forgotten and really left out of the picture, oftentimes because, you know, these, these people are superheroes and they, you know, if, if there are resources, it's going to the people who need the help. Um, they end up being affected uh, a lot more than a, a lot of times they even realize they're being affected. So um, they have actually programming directed actually at uh, the therapists and programmers and people who work uh, in the space. So you, it's, that just jumped into my head when no, you're talking totally. about EMTs and people who experience trauma like on a daily basis. Yeah. And they're the ones that the rest of us lean on, right? Like you just, if something horrible happens in your life, you kind of, it's second nature to think, uh, I'm going to hit 911 and automatically some kind of robot shows up and saves the day, right? Mighty Mouse shows up. Well, that's a human being and they've seen some shit. Like I know people who were firefighters for a while and stopped because uh, just saw too many infants. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's a human being in there. And speaking of people who, who saved the day, well, you know, we sit at home and watch Netflix. Um, I know uh, Kelly Nicole Foundation does a lot of veterans, right? Was that part of the mission, right? Uh, at one I'd like point, to have PTSD more. I've had, and whatever. Yeah, I've I, think had we, one. I think we talked about that on, on sure. the episode that you were on. Yeah. So DAP actually has another program. This is how amazing these people are, right? So they, yeah. they have another program uh, called Change Step um, that they've been sort of in the process of rebuilding um, now. It was a lot. Um, it, it was it was a lot more. Uh, they were doing a lot more work with it, you know, in the years sort of as sort of the last uh, war conflict, whatever, started winding down. There's were... a cell phone stand. Oh, sweet. How cool is Very that? Cool. You guys are all set up in here. Nice. It's <laughs> what it is, man. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So they, they were realizing, um, speaking of people who, like, have, have seen some shit and, like, have trouble, you know, dealing with it, processing it, um, they, were, they were realizing, and this has, I mean, been this way forever. I guess, you know, it didn't, it's not just us. It's not just now. It's not just, you know, it's been this way since there's been war, essentially, which has been forever. Mm. Um, <clears throat> uh, people have, um, you know, you're trained to to react in, in a certain way. Like you're, you're trained to be hypervigilant, they call it, um, to be in, in a constant state of, of vigilance and, and to react, you know, uh, based on instinct, whether rather than necess- maybe like compassion or thoughtfulness or introspection, right? You're, you're taught to 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 react the way that you've been trained, and um, and to to be ever vigilant of of things that you know that could potentially harm you. And what they were realizing is that these these veterans were coming back, um, especially in Iraq, and you know with the uh, you know a lot of the trauma that a lot of uh, men and women um, experienced over there. Uh, that that the military, I mean, I mean, really, when you get right down to it, the military's job is, you know, to protect, you know, our country and to like create these like, you know, these killing machines and these, you know, that are that are trained, you know, to to protect us and to obey orders. That they're not really in the business necessarily. I mean, there's an argument that they maybe should be or should start to get in the business of. Um, making sure that when those people come back, that that they're that they're um, that they're that they're able to deal with with that pressure, and what what DAP was finding out is that like in the years sort of like after our last war conflict uh, was winding down, a lot of people were coming back and they were having trouble adjusting uh, to that domestic life. Okay. And um, you know they were uh, I can't remember what the numbers were again. I don't do this professionally, but the, it was it was it was a staggering number of like it was either of of veterans were. Um, 
<clears throat> were involved in uh, domestic abuse incidents or that uh, a staggering number of the domestic abuse incidents like involved veterans or something like that. And so they started this whole program called Change Step um, where they were tailoring their content around um, speaking to people who had been in the military and sort of like creating a shared experience um, so that, you know, they didn't have to feel like, you know, there's always sort of that um, that that fear that like, you know, these men are going to walk into a room and like, you know, they're like, well, they don't know what I've been through. They don't know what I've seen. They don't know the shit that I've seen. And, you know, like they they have no way of like knowing what I'm dealing with. And so like that instantly builds a wall and that instantly like, you know, creates a barrier to, to helping these, uh, you know, these men or, or women. And so what they did is they put together a program where they all get together, right? And they all sit in a circle and it's like, all right, we're battle buddies here. Like we've all seen the same shit. Like we've all been through the same thing. We all understand the training. We all understand the instinct. We all understand uh, the nightmares and the PTSD, like, you know, and we're all dealing with this together. And so they sort of create this environment where it's just like, you know, you're in the desert in the Middle East and like you're all depending on each other for your survival, for your very literal survival. Um, and so it creates this camaraderie and this, uh, this trust where they're able to open up and they're able to talk because there's, there, there's a sense of understanding and there's a sense of camaraderie, um, and they're able to open up about the things that they're dealing with. Um, and that is just, as far as I know, that's like one of like the very only programs like that, like even in the country, I don't know, like in the world or whatever, but, um, that's just another way that they're innovating is like, is, and to kind of like loop this all around or something that I've learned, like in doing all of this work. Um, so I also work with, uh, with, with Quorum, uh, Quorum is Minnesota's LGBTQ plus and allied chamber of commerce. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I've actually been, been on the board of directors for the last couple of years now. And so basically what they, we do a lot of work too. Um, but essentially sort of the tagline is, is we work to ensure that the workplace is a safe and inclusive space for, for everyone, right? Your background, race, identity, gender, whatever it is. Um, and something that, that our executive director talks about and something that, uh, we at the organization talk about a lot is that you can never, uh, really check a part of yourself at the door, right? Like you can't just, you know, I think the old way of looking at it was, you know, like leave your personal problems at home. Like, yeah. That's what they always used to say to us. Sorry. Even mind if I say something on this? Go, go. Yeah. When I was a kid growing up, um, you know, way before, way before Ellen, before uh, uh, Will and Grace, before marriage equality for sure, um, before we had any kind of sense of we can be ourselves, um, there were the weirdest phrases that would go around. Um, it was always like, well, that's none of our business or, you know, whatever you do, da -da -da, is none of your business. And, you know, like, okay, well, hang on a second. You hold your husband's hand. You say my wife in a sentence. What do you mean none of your, why do I have to hide? And that just never rang true for me. It was always so hypocritical. Mm. You know, they don't hide it. If it's none of our business, why, why were only the straight people out there being, you know, straight, being, being themselves? And, yeah. and it was always so hypocritical that we were told to hide, but they never admitted to the fact that that was a one-way street. Mm. So that's interesting that you say you can't check that part of yourself at the door. You know, yeah. for a lot of people, you go to work to take care of your family. So that's mm. like your main motivation. Yeah. And now, luckily, I was born in 1980, and I have a little picture of Cal on my desk at work, and I'm not scared about it. Yeah. But I never thought I'd see this day. Yeah. Not a chance. Right. I didn't. Did you think it would... How old are you? I'm 40. I'll be 43. In what? A couple months. Yeah, believe it or not. 
Jesus good, good clean living. I don't know. Clean living something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, but did you think it would come this far so soon? <sighs> think about the 80s, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, things are definitely different yeah. back then, you know, for, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and one part when we're talking about, like, people's entire identity, uh, a lot of times uh, that includes um, any, like, trauma uh, that people have experienced in their lives. Uh, we're just sort of getting to the point now where, like, there's all these campaigns now, like, make it okay. It's okay to talk about uh, mental health. It's okay to talk about uh, mental illness, right? It's okay, right? It's just we can talk about this. But whereas we're just sort of as a society getting to the point now where we're able to sort of, like, talk about this stuff and acknowledge this stuff openly. Um, <clears throat> and as such, um, like, the work we do at Quorum is all about, like, working in the corporate sector and the business sector. Um, to uh, ensure that uh, people are able to to live full, authentic lives and are able to to embrace parts of their identity, um, including trauma that they've experienced in their lives and how they deal with that. We all deal with those things in different ways. Um, but um, so it's uh, trying to you know trying to like embrace like all of those uh, th- those parts of yourself and and uh, you know deal with all of that. Uh, can be, you know, can, can be challenging, especially when you're doing it like in, in isolation. Mm-hmm. And so like this, uh, this, this program at DAP, they, they create an environment where like people are able to just sort of like, you know, talk about it and uh, not feel that shame or, or guilt or, or isolation yeah. that they would feel otherwise. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!